Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to my independence report. It's Friday. It's Friday, and it is Friday, and that's a good day for us to be. Uh, Tracy Lamori, I'd like to thank her for bringing us the guest that we have today. He's an extraordinary guy, and he doesn't seem like he's old enough to be extraordinary, but he certainly <laughs> seems to be. He's got lots going on, and uh, we're going to talk to him uh, for the entire hour or nearabouts. His, his name is Mikey Morant. I got that right, I hope. Yeah, perfect. Oh, perfect. And he is, uh, as Tracy calls him, a serial entrepreneur. Uh, explain exactly what a serial entrepreneur is. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> Some guy that tries to do way too much every single day, uh, knocking down those brick walls, you know, tripping over a few times, dusting myself off and, uh, you know, trying to trying to do exciting things in the world that bring people together, create jobs and uh, hopefully help a lot of people. I, that, that is perfect for this forum for you to be here because that is exactly, you are the exact kind of guy that I like to talk to because you do so much and you are out there and you're creating all of this stuff. I have to ask you though, how the hell did you get into hair extensions? Yeah, I know. That's that's the tough one there. I mean, people look at me and like, wait, are you sure? You just you're just joking with me, right? And I'm like, no. Nah. Uh, so hair extensions. My uh, I was out to lunch with my business partner, and he was telling me about his girlfriend that would spend a fortune on hair. And I was like, what in the world are you talking about? And we started looking into it, and um, you know, I'm a product guy, and I thought it was something interesting. I looked at the market. I thought it was something that we could do better um, and kind of a different way where, you know, we segued into building brands for other people. So it just kind of I, I had no idea it would turn into what it's turned into today and all the other avenues of business that we've gotten into. I was kind of hoping that maybe you could help me with some hair extensions, but I think it's a little late for that. Uh, we we got a wig we could put on you. Uh, I'm sure you get some views with that. Trust me. I got I, actually for Halloween. I'm gonna be uh you know uh, uh Garth from Wayne's World. I have the perfect <laughs> wig, right? I have this blonde wig. I'm gonna get the Wayne's World shirt. I'm gonna have uh one of my other partners is like a an amazing hairstylist, Dallas Christopher. He's gonna make it look like it's coming out of my scalp, and it's Wayne's World. Wayne's World party time. That's Halloween this year. I'm gonna sport one of the wigs. <laughs> so it's possible it is possible it, it is although i've got so many of these and i'm so old did you have one for old people um that, that have been around a while you know we we focus on a little bit younger demographic um there are there they are out there though they are out there uh just not really our focus at this time well, I know I know that someone like William Shatner, he's been bald since he was like 30 and and he's and you would never know it because you never see him without his piece on. Right. Yeah, that's that's very common. 
Yes. So, t- Mikey, you got to tell me a little bit about you because you are a serial entrepreneur. You are a podcaster. You've written a book. You've done all of these cool things. And uh, you are you've been interviewed by CBS, NBC, C, um, um, CNN, uh, Fox, all these guys. You, and uh, and you're a young guy. Where What's your background? Where did you get started? Um, yeah, the background is I grew up in Bethesda, Maryland. Uh, I was a young entrepreneur at heart, uh, always finding that next hustle from the lemonade stand to collecting sports cards to mowing lawns and all that, uh, did absolutely horrible in school. I mean, when I say horrible, I barely passed school. My teachers loved me. They said, I'm the nicest student, but the worst student at the same time. (laughs) They say, this guy is just like, he, he just can't take a test. Uh, which is fine, uh, which I figured out later in life how to solve that. Uh, so I, you know, I got, I feel like, I don't want to say I got lost. I feel like I went to a very uh, somewhat prestigious high school where people come from families that were um, very well funded. Um, and the kids did very, very well in school. And everyone's talking about all these amazing colleges that they're going to because they have the money to and other stuff. I mean, we were about as, you know, we, we were broke, but we got by, you know, there was definitely a lot of people a lot worse off than us, but we, we were broke. Um, and I think I just kind of lost my entrepreneurship way. I just was, I, I feel like I was a little bit scared to succeed and scared to really do what it takes to start a business, learn, and kind of um, take that path. And it took about a decade uh, for me to start my first business. And that's when I, I moved down to Atlanta when I was 21. Atlanta's grown a lot. It's a great city. I'm still here today. It's only gotten better with the movie industry and a lot of other things here. Uh, but you know where I am today, I, I make it very, very clear that there was, I mean, just time and time again, tough times, failure, negative bank accounts, horrible credit. I mean, pretty much everything. I, I And I almost feel bad now because how Instagram is and, you know, the social media, how everyone's everyone looks famous these days. Everyone looks rich. I mean, I might be sitting in first class, but I make it very clear. I'm like, thank you, Delta, for the free upgrade. I wouldn't personally pay for first class, but because I, you know, know how to work the point system and I'm loyal and this, that, the other to your brand. Thank you very much. So, you know, I'm just very careful of that because I don't want the younger generation to think entrepreneurship's just sitting on a beach with a laptop you know, making all this money. It's not, it's very hard to do what you do and to succeed the way you have. Now, is there a different mindset that you have to have to be an entrepreneur than anybody else on the planet? Uh, For sure. I don't know about anybody else, but for the standard uh, work environment, definitely. Yes. I mean, it's, it is nonstop, it, and it depends on what level of success you want, right? What do you want your legacy to be? How how special do you want to create something? You know, do you want that thing to be? Uh, for me, I, I feel like I'll never stop pushing uh, for greatness uh, and always looking to be better. So, you know, my mindset is very different than uh, many people's, and and that's okay. Like, if you don't want to be an entrepreneur and you just aren't really uh, great at handling risk and working late hours and doing all this stuff. It's okay. Like that's all right. It's not for everybody, but uh, yeah, it's definitely something that you got to be a little, you got to be a little off a little bit somewhere, somewhere you got to just, you know, something it's just, it's just not normal. 
Now, you, you said that when you were in high school that you didn't do very well. Was that more so because you were bored? No, I didn't know how to learn. Um, I uh, had serious uh, attention deficit of some sort. Uh, nothing diagnosed, but uh, it's pretty, you know, this is high school was a long time ago now. You know, I started high school almost 30 years ago. So, um, you know, that was a long time ago. I, I didn't know how to learn. I didn't have anyone in my family, even though, you know, my family was great. I didn't have anybody that knew how to really push me, how to say, Hey, Mikey, you're doing it this way, but maybe you should be doing it that way. Um, I never even read a book in high school. I never read one book in high school. Like I couldn't read a book from start to finish. So that didn't help my grades. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, no, it didn't help. Now, wait a minute. You start high. You, you, that means you're in your, you look awfully good and young for being uh, over. You must be over 40. Are you close to 40? Yeah, I'm. I'm in my. Uh, I'm at 44 right now. Wow, you, you look. You look terrific. You, you've. You've. You've held up well, and it's. And a lot of it's because of how hard you've worked and the things that you've done. Well, um, I also, uh, unfortunately, probably one of the youngest diagnosis of melanoma skin cancer in the United States, according to Emory doctor I once talked to. She's like, we should do a report on you. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm not going to be your guinea pig. Um, so when I was 14, I was diagnosed, diagnosed with melanoma skin cancer. Um, oh and you got to remember 30 years ago, this is something that was very new. It's very unlike today where you have internet and technology and knowledge out there. Uh, so I was very lucky to catch it at a young age. Um, I have a couple holes in my back through the years. If people saw it, I would just say I got shot. You know, I was like, oh, I grew up in D.C. I got shot a couple times. You're like, oh, my God, <laughs> you know, because I have like these like bullet holes looking things in my back. But so basically after that, my dermatologist, uh, she was like, you can't go in the sun anymore. Uh, so that was uh, definitely a scary time. If it wasn't for my mom sitting in a dermatology office, reading some random pamphlet while she was waiting and saying, Hey, this actually looks like something on Michael's back. Um, I definitely would not be here today. Uh, there's absolutely no way because the way melanoma spreads. Um, so, but even so being out of the sun, still be very careful. I actually, um, just on my birthday, uh, this past year, that was in September. I, uh, I had a good friend last year, even with COVID it was so crazy. I had a good friend die from melanoma skin cancer and it was pretty scary. And I said, you know what? I haven't been checked in a while. I went to the doctor. They took off a bunch of big samples and like from my eye to my ear, they, they found a big piece here. So I was cut eye to ear. This is like two days after I was like, oh, uh, let's sign three leases to open three new stores. And then I get a call. I was like, oh, you have <laughs> cancer on your face and there we're going to cut you up. And I was like, sweet Jesus. Like <laughs> what timing? Like I got major things going on right now, you know? So, but that's, that's life. That that's what happens. And I'm so thankful for everything and the people and technology and doctors and science. Like, you know, I'm lucky to be here. So every day I wake up and I'm like, so very thankful that things, things, even when things are bad, I'm still thankful that I'm alive. You are a remarkable human being because that that's tough, if, especially when you're a teenager and you get that and then and it's recurring and you have to be very, very careful. You, Yeah, you, for sure. That's that is just that is just amazing. So you've done uh, um, you've done some remarkable things. Tell me, first of all, because I'm a podcaster, tell me about your podcast. How is that going? 
Look, I love podcasting. I can tell you, God, this, this is what I always tell young entrepreneurs, how important consistency is, okay? I started my first podcast in 2010. Wow. Okay, and if I stuck with it, it was called Foodpreneur, and it was basically I wanted to interview all these food entrepreneurs because I was a food entrepreneur myself in 2006 to 2011. If I would have stuck with that, that would have been major by now. Um, but so in 2017, we started a podcast called Hair Biz Radio, uh, and it is the business side of the hair industry. Uh, so it's it's fun. I mean, we started off just audio, then we went audio and video, and it was really crappy back then. And then um, now it is done really well because we've uh, grown a little bit as a company and can afford really nice equipment. So we record that in Atlanta. It looks beautiful. Um, it's it's ranked the top one and a half percent globally listened to podcasts. Uh, so that's pretty good. And um, I, I think podcasts and, and shows like this are just so great. And it's something we didn't have just just 10 years ago. We didn't have shows like this. And it's such a great platform for people to learn from others. So I am just a huge fan of podcasts. The people, the, the, the hosts like yourself that take the time and create these types of shows and, you know, allow people like myself to tell my story that, you know, hopefully something in this conversation will help someone. It'll spark an interest. It'll keep someone pushing. So the podcast is just something that, you know, we give tons of information for entrepreneurs and, you know, I, I guess people like it. Uh, well, if you're in the top one and a half percent, because there are half a million podcasts out there and I'm yeah. not kidding, <laughs> there are. And uh, so you've, you've done really well with it. And and I, I watched it. Now, the, the young lady that you have with you, she's what's her name? Zakira. She is phenomenal. She is. Uh, she yeah. does a great job on that podcast. For sure. Yeah, we're like opposites. She's very good at like interviewing, you know, the, whoever the guest is and we bounce off. I mean. We, you know, if you see one of our podcasts or listen to it, we prepare for about 30 seconds. Even the topic is 30 seconds before we hit record. What do you want to talk today about today, Z? She's like, I don't know. Or if we have a guest, we just kind of have an open conversation. We're very knowledgeable in what we talk about. So we don't need notes or anything else. We just, everything's off the cuff. We just kind of roll and it, and it works out well. It seems very, it's very natural. It is, and and uh, I I enjoyed listening to it, even though I'm not a, I'm not a hair guy necessarily, but I enjoyed because I don't have any, but uh, <laughs> I, I really really enjoyed listening to it. And you guys are very professional in your in your demeanor and your approach, and it works out it works out really well. I'm inspiring to do that myself. Um, I, I my story is I started back in 2003 in real in broadcast radio, and um, and you I, still I, do that, right? Well, I do it on Sundays. Yeah, on AM, KKNW, yep. 1150 AM on the last right. Sunday of the month. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to be on the, the on the 25th, if you have the 25th available, I'd love to I'd love to have you on that show. OK, I will definitely check. Uh, uh, check your calendar. Yeah, it's a Sunday. <laughs> it's a Sunday live show. But and OK, check your calendar because you're probably, you're a very busy man and you've got lots of outlets you've got lots of places that you're opening you're working to develop and continuing to develop your brand and your many brands how many brands do you have now i have no idea <laughs> seriously I say that i say i don't know I, we we do a lot like you know it, it, the brands are all built because 
it's it's helped to serve our clients. So sometimes we will create a new brand um, because our current is too much for one website or something along those lines, or we'll find like a strong client need somewhere. So, you know, probably close to 10 that are, you know, pretty working pretty hard right now, about 10 brands, but it's all related. So I'm not like I'm in the beauty industry, you know, focused on hair, but still beauty because we do cosmetics and other things. But we still have the technology side, the influencer marketing platform, Beauty Clout. Uh, we have some of these other things that we have, um, but it's all focused on beauty. I'm not over here doing leather backpacks. Like that doesn't make sense. So it all comes together just to serve our clients better. You know, it's interesting. Do you have a lot of folks now that you are successful and you have a name out there? Do you have a lot of people that come to you and say, hey, Mikey, I've got a great idea for you and 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 try and uh, worm their way into your world? And how do you get into your world? Um, I assume you have got a tight group of people that support you and work with you. Yeah, I, about every day somebody comes to me with their, you know, their great idea. Um <laughs> And I, uh, as a young entrepreneur, I would have been interested uh, as a more seasoned entrepreneur, you know, in the uh, entrepreneurship now 15 years, I am very good at saying no, saying, you know, I wish you the best of luck. If I can take if you're in Atlanta and I can take you out to lunch for an hour and you can ask me all these questions, totally happy to do that. Uh, but as far as my time, it very. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, you know, people DM me on Instagram and if they catch me at the right time, I'm more than happy to reply. Or if it's not just, hey, and I'm just like, Jesus, I, I can't reply. Hi. You know, it's just like, hey, if you had something like interesting to conversation or something, that's fine. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I'm very careful about who I have around me at this point. Um, you know, everybody comes into our showroom. Oh, I talk, just talked to Mickey. And they're like, Mikey? Oh, yeah. And they're like, never mind. You know, like. <laughs> So it's 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 interesting at this point, you know. It's it's funny. So um, yeah, you got to be really careful of that stuff. Just being distracted. The shiny, it's, I call it the shiny object syndrome. It's like these shiny objects and everything. People get all excited. No, no, you just it's going to mess you up. As an entrepreneur, and uh, you you said it earlier, you spent a lot of time having failure mm -hmm. uh, before you developed your success formula. And we're able to put it all together. What kept you going? Why didn't you quit? Mm, that's a great question. I, I knew I was not made for a standard job. Um, and I, I saw how much we suffered growing. Really, my mom suffered financially growing up. It was the worry that my mom had when we were young. And I wanted to take that away. Um, so it was really my goal to be successful. So when it did come time for retirement, my mom just wouldn't have to worry at that at, at anymore. I was like, you know, we can do mom, we can do whatever you want. If you want to go see your friends somewhere, just let me know. I got sky miles forever. So uh, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to do, just let me know. And, you know, we got to that point uh, until she passed away just about a year and a half ago. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, we and, and that kind of was my inspiration for my book. Uh, getting into that. And um, so it was her initially. And then now that she is gone, it's really to help other entrepreneurs in our industry uh, become successful in the beauty industry. And we have done uh, very, we're very good at that. Like if people just listen to what we say to do, we kind of have the blueprint for that. 
uh, we've we've definitely changed a lot of people's lives over the last few years. Let's talk about Fearless Beauty. Okay. It's a book that you've written. And yep. um, um, I assume, you, you, how long has it been out now? It's been out. Uh, <laughs> these simple questions are the hardest ones for me. I have no idea. It's about three months. Yeah, about three months. And yeah. and, and you wrote it and uh, in 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 um, dedication to your mom. Yeah. Uh, what's the, what's the book about? You know, it's called Fearless Beauty: The Hair Business Blueprint. But really, the and I I had to name it that because it's my first book. And if you want to be at least semi-successful as a first-time author, you have to really find your niche, right? I've done a lot of research. The the publishing company I work with said, "Yeah, don't try to just do a general book. It's it's not going to go anywhere." I said, "Okay, I get it. No problem." So it's really about. It is probably one of the more honest approaches to explaining entrepreneurship and what you need to do. So it's not, even my friends are like, why do you call it the hair business blueprint? It doesn't even really talk that much about hair. So it can be plug and play for really any of your products. Um, so, you know, that's, it's a really honest approach to entrepreneurship. Cool. So you can take that book and you can plug it into any business that you want to work to develop. So, yeah. so write this down, ladies and gentlemen. The book's name is Fearless Beauty, and uh, and uh, Mikey Moran is the author. And uh, amongst all the other things that you do, it's just truly amazing. And uh, uh, you, you you've been working so hard at this for so long, and you've got you've now got brick and mortar stores, and you're mm -hmm. doing all of that. Are you planning on going nationwide? What's what's your vision? Yeah. You know, we are we are in Atlanta. Uh, we just opened our fifth store in Lithonia, so about 30 minutes away. We have a store in Greenville, South Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, we're I just signed a lease for another one here in Atlanta, about 30 minutes away. We're really going to take over the Atlanta area um, and have plans to open up in Vegas for distribution reasons and probably a bunch of other ones. Uh, you know, I said, I told my team, I said, guys, we got to hurry up and open just like 20 stores. And they're like 20 stores. And I was like, yeah, that, that is kind of small. Let's probably do 50. And they're like, what? <laughs> Who's going to run all these things? And I was like, ah, we'll find people, you know? So yeah, I, it's, it's funny because a lot of people are going away from brick and mortar, but there are a lot of newer, very successful brands that are just doing very, very well with a hybrid model of online and brick and mortar. Right. Uh, one of them being Allbirds, right? So Allbirds is now a multi-billion dollar uh, shoe company. I'm actually, uh, I'm here at Pond City Market in Atlanta and they're opening one right down in Pond City Market. So they're going into their key markets and what they're doing is using their online data to see where their customers are and they're opening stores there. And that's a great approach opposed to before you would just open a store and you would have some demographic data, but not really as much customer data because there wasn't as much online business back, you know, previously decade ago. So now that there is, you can be much more strategic about opening a brick and mortar store. Exactly. And I would like to mention, by the way, the lady who never sleeps, that is Tracy Lamori. And she's, she's here. She says, hi. Um, so she says, hi, Mikey. And, uh, hi. <laughs> and thank you for, um, thank you for bringing him to me, Tracy. He's, he's, he's an awesome man and, and he's got lots and lots of information for guys and gals 
that would really like to learn how to become an entrepreneur and you've already taken all of the falls and the and the skin knees and the and all of that so that somebody you can help somebody avoid some of those things if they listen to you do you find that people have trouble listening to you oh of course yeah, I mean, I mean, really, you you go through my book, and I and I was I actually went to launch a little uh, a little while ago with an entrepreneur, and she's asking me all these questions, and I, and it was just so repetitive. I said, "Look, have you not read my book yet?" She's like, "I have it. I haven't read it yet." And I was like, "Literally, this is all in my book. Like, start there. It really walks you through so much of this stuff." And then I I actually created. <laughs> Jeez, here we go. So I created a YouTube channel for the, for the business for like my personal. It's more like a personal YouTube channel for business. It is called the Hair Business Blueprint. It's the YouTube channel, and um, I actually before I was walking, I was walking out of my offices next to our showroom, and someone, a lady, was about to go in my showroom. She goes, "Hey, I watch you on YouTube," and I go, "Really." I said, I didn't think anyone watched me. She goes, you've helped me so much. So I created a YouTube channel that helps. And uh, that's going actually really well so far for just being a newer channel. And um, it's it's crazy how all this stuff works. But yeah, people just don't like to listen. You know, it's it's crazy to me. They they're you'll say, look, now go do this. This is this is step one. And they always try to go to step three. You can't skip chapters in entrepreneurship. That's not what the book does, like any book in life. You know, you just can't skip it. People try to always do these shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. It's tough work. It's pain. It's sacrifice. It's sometimes you got to tell your friends you can't hang out on a Friday night. This is entrepreneurship, but it does get good at some point, hopefully. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, if this one doesn't, perhaps the next one will. Um, yeah. it's just a matter of getting it, getting it all down and, and figuring it all out for yourself. I suppose v very rarely you're going to hit a home run on the first time at bat. So just remember that you're going to have to go to first base, probably your next business. You're going to get to second next business, third, maybe the fourth business. You're going to take all those lessons learned and you're going to get all the way back to home plate. It was kind of like my girlfriend history. No, never mind. Um, uh, <laughs> So actually, you know, what's funny is I have I have a video coming out and it's and it's and it was kind of a random video. I was like, look, guys, this is not my normal kind of the way I talk, but very much about business. Getting clients is very similar to the guy getting the girl. And there's there's really the theory behind that about warming up your audience. You can't just go up to a girl and be like, let's hit a home run. Right. And that's the same thing with your client. If you're trying to, you know, have a client, you know, you should never focus on a sale. You should focus on getting a client. Right. So or a customer. So it's the same thing how you have to go through these steps to get clients. It's the same thing with a guy trying to get the girl. So it's, it's interesting how that all works, actually. It, it's human nature and everything, everything is relationship based. Um, your business is relationship based um, in, in a very personal way because you're working with hair and, and you're developing this with all kinds of folks. Now, now Jasmine uh, asks, uh, so why hair? And we talked about that a little bit earlier, but, but to kind of re repeat that a little bit for her, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. And it, it wasn't something, anything planned. And we just honestly were really good at it. My, and it's not just me. So, I mean, I have an amazing staff, right? I have about 30, 30 staff members now. Uh, my business partners, like I said, is Dallas Christopher. He was a national educator for Paul Mitchell for over a decade. 
taught over 10,000 students. Um, you know, as we're opening up stores, we are uh, partnering with other strategic people. So Angela Yee, she's well known from The Breakfast Club, kind of a big radio show, um, one of the biggest. Uh, yeah, so she's good friend and business partner. So we bring in the right people to have like a very uh, interesting mix and backgrounds and education and, um, and skill set to be able to do what we do every single day. And honestly, we're pretty good at it. You know, I was just struck by the fact that um, you were out there by yourself at one point trying to make this work. Then you had a partner. Now you go walk into the boardroom and there are 30 people sitting around the uh, table and uh, you've got all of these folks. A lot of times it's been my experience that entrepreneurs don't translate into very good managers a lot because they're used to doing everything themselves. You seem to have conquered that. How'd you do it? That's, uh, that's actually a, uh, a trait of young entrepreneurs, right? And that was me myself too, when I was a young entrepreneur, because I was so worried that somebody else is not going to do this as well as me, um, which might be true. Uh, at, at some things, not everything. So at some point, you have to let go and put the right people in, in the right places. So on a day-to-day, I don't work with too many of the staff members one-on-one, but I have my management that does, and I work more with the management. I just can't – There's not. I, I can't work with everybody. It's just – it's not that I, I love my team, but it's just I'm just too busy. You know, I have my stuff I need to do, so it kind of everything goes down the line. But, you know, with entrepreneurship, yeah, it's really tough in the beginning to let go of that. And then you kind of, things are going to happen. Some, you know, one of your staff members is going to mess up. They're going to freak out, this, that, the other. And as time goes on, those problems in my life or in an entrepreneur's life, you know, the first time it happens, you're probably freaking out. It's going to happen again. And it's less of a freak out then. And then you just get normal. You know, things are going to be coming at you. It's like, you're up on stage and people are throwing the tomatoes at you. It's you're going to get hit. Okay. And it's just, but you have to get on stage. So it's, it's just part of the business and it's just really the dynamic of finding the right people for your business. It's probably one of the toughest parts of growing a business is the people because everyone comes from different backgrounds. Everyone has different expectations, work ethics, uh, and, uh, and along those lines. So we're a very hardworking team. Someone is not going to last long on our team if they're not working hard, because if you're, you have a bunch of people that work hard, you, you, love what you do and you understand that we are doing this to help people. We're going to be great for our clients. And you have someone just dilly dallying around. That's going to annoy the people that work really hard because no one wants to, no hard workers want to dilly dallier right next to them. And it's just, you know, they they can go work somewhere else. It's, it's okay. Um, you know, we, we are really dedicated to the success of our clients and being great uh, the customer experience. When someone walks in our showrooms, like we are die hard about providing the best customer experience, beautiful place, uh, amazing prices, everything else. I mean, it's very, we're, we're dead serious. Our, our client base spends a lot of money and they need to be treated right. And, and generally they don't always get a good experience when they go places. And that is 100% not what's going to happen when they come to one of our locations. That's because, and that's, that is one of the secrets to your success is somebody can walk into your place and they feel like they're taken care of. And right. that, 
and then they become a client, then they become a friend, and then they become a relationship, and then they tell their other friends, and that's that's really is how it grows. And as far as the work ethic goes, if you don't have a good work ethic, it tends to stick out like a sore thumb, and it doesn't take very long. Right, for sure. You know, so it it, it makes it tough. So you you're you're growing. Um, I have to ask you though, in the podcast world. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Something that's near and dear to my heart here. Um, how do you grow? How do you grow? How do you break through the noise of of a podcast if you don't have a great deal of money to invest in marketing and that kind of thing? We actually do zero marketing for our podcast. Um, it, it is because we have created a pretty big fan base of clients and followers. I don't want to say social media followers, but really die hard people that follow what we do because we really do help a lot of people become successful. Uh, it has been something that people, people just listen and they share or they tell people about it and it's worked out really well. Um, we were not even that consistent with it. Like during the pandemic, we didn't really record any cause with COVID we shut a lot of the stuff we were doing down. Just, we didn't know what was going on. Uh, but we're back with a force now. And it, it's just one of those things. I think, I think because Zakira is such a great person at uh, interviewing, we've known each other. We started working together back in 2014. So we've known each other from the beginning of this when it was like, you know, in the beginning, we couldn't even, I couldn't even take them out to lunch. We had no money, like zero. We did this with zero, you know? And then when we did have a little bit, we'd be like, let's close the door, office door, and maybe someone will call in an hour while we're out to lunch. If we close the door and shut off the phones for an hour during lunchtime now, it would be all hell break loose. So (laughs) she's seen the growth. We've all grown together and become great together. And, um, you know, it's just through time and experience. And we we can give that in the podcast, uh, that time and experience that we've had and had some, you know, we have some great guests. So it's... You know, I, I don't know what the winning solution is for the podcast. It's it's something we love to do, but we're not necessarily trying infinitely hard to push it. It just kind of has happened, and we, we're kind of lucky for that. Well, the cool thing is, is that you can take the podcast and you can use that as a marketing tool for your business, and you can take your business and use that as a marketing tool for your podcast. So it kind of works hand in hand, in hand, and they grow together. Yeah, we can bring people that don't know about the private label brand. We can bring them on the podcast and they're like, oh, Hairbiz Radio. Oh, okay, cool. You know, pod, oh, Apple, you have like over 100 reviews. That's pretty good. Um, you know, we can bring them on the show and then they start to learn. And it's all about them. So we're not pitching them about the company or services, products, nothing. It's all about the guest. And, but afterwards we might say, Hey, you know, have you ever been down to our showroom? No, I haven't. Oh, let's go take a look. Oh, wow. You have all this. You do all this. (laughs) Where have you guys been hiding? And I was like, well, we've been here. Trust me. (laughs) And you're growing and you're, you're, you've got uh, five stores now. Yeah. Five stores. And on your way to 50 on our way. Yeah. Let's start. We'll get to 20 and then I'll say 50, but yeah, we'll see. Well, when you come out west, we we need we need you out here. Uh, we'll be there next year. So Vegas is is going to be the first West Coast. It's going to be similar to what we do in Atlanta, where we have a showroom and distribution. We want West Coast distribution so our clients can get packages faster. The West Coast clients get faster. Uh, they'll have better service with shipping, or you know, because we really shut down at five o'clock with our customer support. If we do that in Vegas, 
you know, that'll help, uh, help with the East Coast time. You know, we're, we're also very careful about our staff, their families, you know, some of the, uh, our customer service people, they have kids. We don't want to be open really late. So their people are getting home really late. We're very conscious of that. Our showrooms close at six o'clock PM. Like, you got to get there and people, people leave work early to come see us. So, I mean, it works. So we, we just want people, you know, you have to have that life balance for the staff as well. So we're careful of that. Um, but yeah, West coast, trust me, we're, we're going to be on West coast soon. Did you take management classes? No, I didn't, I didn't really go to, I mean, I, I took a couple of college classes, but I didn't do good at all. Like well, be, not good at all. Because I'm, I'm telling you, if you, if you were to go to uh, management one one and you were to check off, okay, if you do this, you'll get this. If you do this, you'll get this. As, as an example, you treat your employees well, they stay. Your turn, turnover goes down. Your productivity goes up. All the good things happen. You, you get people that are loyal. And if, if, you're, if you're fair, and the same thing with your customers, you're doing all the things right. And this is, these are things that you just inherently know. I'm just curious how you got to inherently know them. It's definitely not inherently known. It has been learning over the last 15 years in understanding and being very open to listen and talking. And, and that's what's so great about, we have such a diverse staff. I mean, we have people from, you know, they were born in different countries. We have all sorts of different backgrounds. Uh, we, it's, it's very interesting to work with such a, a amazing group of people and to learn from them. So we've just done really well at learning from everyone, trying to be fair, but then everyone understand what the big picture is, is the client. Um, so it's, we've, we definitely were, have made mistakes and were, um, it, it wasn't always like this, but that's, that's when how a young company starts and that's how a young company grows is they learn in many different aspects and staff is one of them. And we do our best for our staff. I, I think at this point, you know, we always have incentives and, you know, we have always something going on and try, I try to make it fun. I basically try to do things where when I work for people as an employee, I feel like I always worked my hardest, but there wasn't any chances for additional benefit. I never had that. If I had a sales commission job, I probably would have killed it. But unfortunately, I didn't have that. So like a bonus for doing stuff. So my staff, after you've been with us for a year, you're part of a bonus pool, whether you're customer service or management, you're all part of this bonus pool after a year. And honestly, because we're doing so well, that bonus pool is pretty sweet. I mean, our customer service staff, even at this point for the last few months, their bonus check has been two equivalent to like two weeks pay every month. Okay. Some people get a two week bonus after a year, they're getting it monthly. You know, we have a Google review incentive right now. So if you, the people, whoever gets the most reviews, they get tickets to music midtown, which is going to be here in Atlanta with like awesome artists and all this stuff. So I try to make it fun, you know, which is not really what ever happened when I was an employee. So uh, now that I have the power to do so, I try to do the best financially. You know, it's a balance because you can't give too much and then the company's growth slows down. Then there's less real opportunity. Um, we threw an awesome Christmas party uh, a year or two ago. We had a, a chance to win and someone won a, a week's paid vacation, flight and hotel for two to Barcelona, Spain. Oh, so wow. that was pretty cool. 
And no, I was haven't. at Wells, I bank at Wells Fargo and, and I was telling my banker about it. And she's like, wow, that's so amazing. I was like, well, what did Wells Fargo give you? She's like, this mug. And I'm like, no way. She's like, I swear to God. I was like, oh my God, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, I mean, we try to do cool things. Like it's, it's fun. It's cool. So, you know, we, we try to do what we can. Well, and, and I'll, I'll tell you, I have a personal example of that. My uh, father went to work for a company in the late 60s. And it was prior to this particular company. Um, they were a shoe company at the time, and they didn't have a clothing line, and they had small shoe stores in the Seattle area. Um, it was run by a guy by the name of Nordstrom. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Um, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And uh, they developed, at that time, they developed a profit-sharing plan. And uh, he was with them for 40 years and he worked hard with them. He retired and they handed him a check that he put nothing into the company, but that was during their exponential growth. And, mm -hmm. and they handed him a check for, that was uh, six figures. And uh, it was, and what year was that? That they handed him that check that was in the yeah. late eight, no, uh, in the nineties, in okay. the nineties. So his, the, 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 the real growth of the company happened in the, in the late sixties to the nineties. And, uh, uh, now of course they don't do any of that. Um, that's, that's mm -hmm. all gone, but, uh, it's, it, it was, but if you keep it, that going, then you keep people happy with you and, and they can, then they can lead their lives and they can have a real good life as well as a work life. And, and, and you said it earlier, it's balance. Got to have right. balance. Yeah, that's something I'm working on personally. And it's, uh, you know, I've gotten really strategic about my time management. And when I, I was joking about my calendar, like I live by my calendar, um, you know, just because it's very important. A to-do list and calendar, I think for a busy person is learning how to do that. I actually got a book on how to even be better. So, you know, for me at this point, I, I'm, there's not something that is going to dramatically change my life, I believe. So I am taking every aspect of my life and I am trying to improve it incrementally 1%. That's my goal. I'm doing the same for the business. And that's actually going to be probably in 2020, maybe 20 end of 2022, I will have another book come out. And it's kind of a theory of where we are today. You know, my, my current book is very much great for beginners and intermediate, but this next book will be more the intermediate to an advanced because we're at a stage where, um, I wanted to make sure we were at a certain point when I wrote the first book and I want to be at a certain point when this, I wrote the second book because I think too many times we get advice from people that have done nothing. Like, it's unbelievable. People are take, spending $100, $500 for these classes just because someone has a lot of followers on Instagram. And it's like, how did you get those followers? Like, you know, because you're a bikini model. Yeah, you probably have, and you're way better looking than me. Yeah, you probably have a lot of followers. But, you know, if you're giving a business seminar, what have you done in business? So, you know, we grew our company from zero to eight figures in seven years with basically almost zero investment, just hard work. So I wanted to wait till I got to that point before I did a book, because if I'm going to do something like this, I wanted it to be real. It's not to make money. You know, this book actually with the, the way I did it and making sure the editors and everything was as professional as possible. I spent a lot to do this book, you know, so I wanted to make it really great for people that read it. And I mean, honestly, uh, it's done in just a couple months. Entrepreneur wrote about it. Uh, so we know Entrepreneur Magazine. They, it was on a list of top 10 books for aspiring entrepreneurs to read this summer. 
Um, and then I got an email just a couple weeks ago from my publishing company and they're helping with some of the marketing. And they go, oh my God. I mean, I could just read it. Like they're freaking out. They said, you know, you got, inter- you got reviewed by Kirkus Reviews. And I'm new in the book industry, so I have no idea what Kirkus Reviews is. And they're like, it's the most, it's the most well-respected, like world-renowned re- review website. And I'm thinking, is it really that big? So I emailed it to uh, someone that I worked with at the company ext- uh, extensively with my book. And I said, hey, did you see this? Like, is this really a big, big deal? And she's like, Mikey, I know authors that their life goal is just to get a review from them. And yours is a raving review. And I was like, oh, this is a big deal. Like it was it was special. It's like I, I know my mom would be proud about that. You know, she loved reading. She had I mean, book after book after book. So uh, so that was really special to me to to get that. And um, just, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Well, Mikey, I got to tell you, first of all, I want to make sure that we get that out again. The name of the book is Fearless Beauty and go pick it up. You can pick it up at Amazon or any of the uh, brick and mortar sellers, I'm sure. And you can order it. You can get it done um, because it's a really it's I think it, I'm going to go get it because I need um, I need help with entrepreneurship. Oh, um, I got a copy waiting for you. I'll send it over. Well, you're a wonderful man. Yeah, you're- I got you. Of course. You're you're a wonderful man, um, and one of the one of the gals who listens to the show, uh, mm-hmm. she's a she's a bit of a, a psychic and a medium, and okay. this is what she has to say. Let's she see, says, she's- "Going, my son. There are no limits. You have come so far, and so many doors are yet to come. Keep going. I love you." Wow, thank you. Um, you are you are, and I, I have to tell you, Mikey, you are a special guy, and you're gonna you're you're making an imprint in the world that when you started this journey 30 years ago and leaving high school, you had no earthly idea what was going to happen and that this was going to, you were going to be able to do this, but you're changing lives and that is cool beyond measure. Yeah. It's, it's way more. It's funny because people talk about money and money, this money, that, and I'm like, it's never about the money. Like if you focus on money, it's very hard to be successful um, or really appreciate and love what you do. You know, I've, I've pretty much been broke-ish all my life uh, until maybe the last few years, things have gotten pretty good. Um, but so I know what it's like, you know, because people probably, they can see the company now or see me and I, I don't buy expensive stuff or flaunt stuff. I never do. Uh, I'm more about experiences and travel. So if someone's like, oh, well, you don't know what it's like to, you know, try to start a business broke or something. And I was like, oh, you don't, you don't think so? <laughs> okay. My bank account was negative when I started the company. My credit score was 570. And I'm very open to tell people that's where I was in my life when I started this. And if I started at that point, you can start at that point too. So it was one of those things where I'm not afraid or I, I don't feel bad because when my first company failed, it I, did, I didn't know, I didn't understand failure. So when I say I went down with the ship, I just kept holding on where that ship kept going down, you know? So it really, really messed me up. I mean, I, there was a point where I was so stressed out about uh, my financials and paying for my mortgage and other things, there was a time I almost didn't sleep for three days straight back in probably like 2011 or 2012. And I actually talk about it in my book where I had to call my grandmother to borrow money. And when you're in like your thirties and you have to call your grandmother to borrow money, like that's, you know, where just a few years ago, 
you know, I'm in doing very well with my business and it just kind of got wiped out. So it's, it's very humbling. I can tell you, I had very I had many humbling experiences in my life uh, with the business, with failures that made me get to this point today. You know, I, my friend owns a, owned a very popular nightclub here in Atlanta where I used to go out and I'm partying and I have all these, I would come deep with friends, you know, business failed two years later. I'm like, you know, Danny, I'm, I'm struggling, man. I, I don't know what to do. I haven't had a normal job or something in, in years. Cause I've been just doing my business. He's like, well, you know how to bartend. You did bartending before. Why don't you come and bartend? And it's, and trust me, I was on the other side of the bar. I was like this amazing, crazy guy. And now I'm on the other side of the bar serving drinks. Like that's something that I thought I would never have to go back doing, but it's something I had to do. And that's something, you know, if you're listening and you sometimes have to take a couple steps back in life to get things organized before you can move forward. But you can't ever quit. Never, never. Yeah. I mean, that's the resilient side of me is, is it's, uh, I will, I will, <laughs> I will go forever. Right. I will, I will not buy things. I will not do this just to reinvest back in the business for the safety of the business, the staff, the financials of the company. Um, you know, I, the longer you put off a lot of the, the shiny objects, like the, the, um, you know, the fancy purses and all this other kind of stuff or fancy watches. Like I don't have a watch. I don't even <laughs> own a watch. I don't even own a watch. Right. It's like, but it's what the crazy part is once you can buy a watch and a very nice watch, then you realize you wanted to really buy that watch. A lot of times it's buying it for somebody else. So someone else thinks something about you when you can really let go and say, I really don't care what people think about me because I'm going to always do the best I can at this time. Life becomes a lot better. It's a lot easier. And that is, that really is the key is if you can find a way to make it feel easy and that you're doing and keep moving, keep growing and it's easy and it's part of your passion and you love it. You, you love what you do. You're building a, a, a tremendous uh, community of people around you. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking when you were saying that you had a, uh, it going well and then, and you had all these people around you and then it failed and it was kind of like you were suddenly out in the desert all by yourself. Where'd everybody go? Oh. Yeah, it's it's funny when it but it's it's funny how that works, right? So at that point, a lot of people then failure happen, a lot of people go away, except for that that's when you find out who your true friends are. Yeah. And then it's funny once things come back like they are today and all of a sudden you have all these friends again <laughs> and you're like where were you when I was like, you know, struggling? No, this is like you, you really kind of figure out who your true friends are. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting how that works in life. And from my perspective, you can't, you can't hold it against people for doing what they're going to do anyway, but you know, it would be nice if people could be upfront and honest and, and really uh, uh, put their best foot forward and, and to be, and to be true and honest, like, like you are. Um, I suspect that if, if I were to work for you and it wasn't working out that you would be very kind, very direct and very, I'll see you later. <laughs> But you would actually, it wouldn't be me. I have an office manager and she is like a rock. She is by the book. 
you will have to deal with her. <laughs> like she is the one, like I put her in place because I'm too nice. Like I'm not, I'm not good at dealing with employees on that side because I'm too nice. And I would be like, well, let's work with them. Let's try to like maybe get a more training, this, that, the other. And it might just not be in people. So that's why I've really separated myself from hiring and firing staff. Uh, I have a they go through multiple rounds of interviews with management. You know, the stuff on my day to day is, you know, it's very different today. I just hired two amazing marketing assistants that's really been helping me out. You know, so I'm doing uh, more stuff like this, like podcasts. I right before this, I spent an hour and a half uh, writing personalized notes in my book that we're sending out to our top clients. They have no idea that they're getting this book, you know, from me. Like we're just sending it out to all these people. Um, we're creating all sorts of crazy promotional stuff. I'm, you know, we are at this big hair show next month in New Orleans, and I just came up with this idea. I was like you know, we're going to be there. We might as well fly one of our clients out there. So we're going to run a contest of like flying a contest, uh, uh, um, flying a client out there, flight, hotel, $500 cash. So they have money, you know, for food and hanging out and everything else. And we did, I did this before. I, I actually just had a client here. Uh, it was part of a contest with my book where I flew her in from Detroit and I got her flight, nice hotel, uh, took her out to lunch. And then one solid day I spent consulting with her for her business. And, you know, people were like, Oh, can you keep doing that? And I'm like, I haven't had a day off since 2019. Like this day is so valuable. I'm sorry. I can't keep doing a full day. Um, but you know, in the community side, like, you know, we have, uh, we have a scholarship now we have a scholarship program, the private label diversity and cosmetology scholarship, uh, to help with the diversification in the beauty industry. Uh, we do a laptop giveaway. So for over a year and a half, I've given away a laptop every single week to somebody in our community, uh, that, you know, these are people that support us or people that just need help. Um, we do a lot of charitable stuff now behind the scenes. You won't see it on like the private label Instagram or anything like that. It's kind of more behind the scenes. We have a, like I said, we have a large Facebook group, uh, where a lot of that stuff happens. And, um, you know, so I do a lot of handle a lot, a lot of that kind of stuff. And it's, it's pretty rewarding. I mean, I, I get people sending me messages. They're crying because they got a laptop because, you know, trying to run your business from a phone, like managing a business on the go. Okay. You can use a phone, but like trying to start up a business and do all this and you don't have a computer or, you know, during the pandemic, maybe you had some, you did have a computer, but you have kids at home and guess what? The kids have to learn in school now from home using the computers. When the pandemic happened, we actually took all our extra devices, computers, iPads, everything else. And I just posted in my Facebook group. I said, guys, we have all this extra equipment. I like, I'm just going to send it to people. And we just sent out a ton of stuff uh, just to help people because there's a lot of people that still need help. I am amazed that you're doing all of this stuff and you still don't have time to sleep. Um, but you, you really are making a difference in your community and it's people like you that are going to make differences in the world. And, and I, I really thank you for coming on the program and talking to us because you, you're, you are a special man. Thank you uh, so you, much. You, you really are cool. And, and uh, um, I don't know where you came from or where the motivation came from. I suspect your mom had something to do with it. But uh, um, you, are, you are working to take care of everyone that you touch. And if we all did that, we'd live in a much, much better place, don't you think? 
Yeah. You know, I, I grew up, I was raised by my mother. We lived with my grandmother, grew up. So we, we lived with my grandmother because we couldn't afford to live kind of by our own, on our own. So we lived, it was my sister, my mom, my grandmother. So I, I was raised by three women. So being in the beauty industry, I mostly, all my clients are uh, women. Um, so we do our best to help a lot of women. Uh, nothing against you guys, guys out there, but uh, it's just kind of like, that's, that's our client base. You know, we have a big, um, we do a lot of business with the black African-American community. So that's where most of our charitable donations go to help black entrepreneurs uh, break into the beauty industry. We, we've done a lot. I mean, last year, just last year, we gave away over a hundred thousand dollars in products and services to uh, black entrepreneurs to help them get into the beauty industry. And some have taken it and ran with it and are, you know, doing very well. Some of them failed. And that's okay because like we said earlier, you have to fail before you succeed. There's, there's no way around it. So like, I feel like, Hey, yeah, this person failed, but guess what? They're one step closer to success now because they definitely learned some stuff with, you know, whatever they, they had. So I think that's, it's really important to, to understand that people really do need help and, and anything in business is not about you. Uh, and if you make it about your about yourself and you're selfish with it, it's going to be really hard to be successful. Like, honestly, it's going to be really hard. So if, if you're listening and you think, you know, it's all about you and all about the money, it's really not. Find find another reason why you're working so hard. And working so hard, you do, because you being, being an entrepreneur, you're it. It's not like you've got a corporate packing you or anything else. If 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 it works, it works because of you. If it fails, it's because of you. Right. Um, and so I'd like to thank you so much. I'm going to value your time because you probably have got another interview or you're doing something exciting coming up next. So let's see. Uh, it's four o'clock here. So I'm actually going to be headed to the airport in an hour, flying up to Detroit to our Detroit store. We ha actually have a big uh Big promotion on Sunday. It's called Wholesale Day. So we're actually flying up there, bringing some of the team. Uh, my business partner, Angela Yee, she's hosting the event because it's her store. So we're about to have a lot of fun. So we're going to have a great time. Detroit's a great city. It doesn't get the love that it deserves. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, I'm going to be hopping on a plane here in an hour and a half. That, that is just way cool. And by the way, I always like to give my guests something a, a forum to be able to say anything you want to or to our audience those that are listening now or those that will be listening in the future the floor is yours sir focus on being great and helping others the rewards from it are going to be much greater than you will ever imagine you know the financial side you might say well you know i'm pretty broke right now and yeah i've been there but still during that time that journey um, you know, just be very careful with your time because what I usually like to tell people, especially if you are new to entrepreneurship, if you're helping so many people run their business or help them with their business, you can't run your own. But when you do reach a certain level of success, that's the time you can start giving back to others, helping other entrepreneurs or people just that need help in general. Um, and I think you can go a long way. We've been talking to Mikey Moran. He is an entrepreneur. Go get his book, Fearless Beauty. I, I got to tell you, I think that could change people's lives and can help you understand how to become an entrepreneur and follow it step by step. Don't go to chapter three. Start at chapter one. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Mikey, thank you so much for being on the program. Thank you, Kevin. And if you will hold on right there for just a second, I got to do this. I'll be right back. 
Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.